From our WFUV studios in the Bronx, New York, it's the Pick and Pot. Drop us a voicemail at 347-903-WFUV. Now, here are your hosts, Kenny Ducey and Matt Rosenfeld. Yeah, we back. Back at it, Kenny. Back at it. It has been too long since our last Pick and Pot. I think it's been like a month. Probably longer than that, to be honest. We know you've been missing us. Basketball season hasn't been the same. All of those things are completely false. But we're not here to talk about the past. We're not here to talk about the past. We're here to talk about... What are we here to talk about? The Nets trade rumors. Nets trade rumors. Which have... Which have Nick's Tank of Palooza. Nick's Tank. Nick's Tank. We got... Tankston, Tankston Galloway, Tankston was, Galloway. Just, was just a joke. I, I don't hate... Langston Galloway. <laughs> Absolutely not. Nobody hates Langston Galloway. We, we, we know that. Let's, you just, can't get, hate let's just get that out of the way right now because I, I got called a Langston Galloway hater last night. I'm, I'm having a great time hanging out with my friends, watching Swaggy P and JR. I'm hungover by, from that, by the way. Like, I am so hungover from watching JR and Swaggy. I was just on cloud nine. But I, I get this tweet and I get called a Langston Galloway hater. Out of nowhere, because I made like, a tank pun. Uh, you know, man. I think I feel like we're at a point where the, any Nick's name, if can be punned with tank, that was my. Is, it's clear. Feeling. It's cleared. I was like, I, I look. We finally have a Nick, and you can make a tank pun. It's just so easy. I don't know. I yeah. can't understand. Not to mention that. <laughs> what does Langston Galloway even do that you could hate? That's that was what I was. Yeah. How can you? Who hates Langston Galloway? Like what, you do, the, obviously. He's the. He, I, let me just say, now that I have the opportunity to talk, he is the nicest guy. I, I, one of the nicest guys that I've met covering sports, and like I've, I've only met him once because I was at his MSG debut, and haven't been back there since the next, you know, since went to London. But um, he, you know, he, he's a great kid, and I hope he makes the team next year. And I, I, rem- I had to remind that coach that I had tweeted that too in the past. But I just thought that was funny. It was funny, and it's just, it's sad because you know why can't we play around with the tanking? It's it's yeah. fun. It, the Knicks, the the tank rolled on in London uh, against the Bucks. Oh, they, it rolled on all right with Carmelo in the lineup. Yeah. By no. the way, um, NBA PR just tweeted out Melo on a subway car. There is a an inside of a subway car. A too. subway car or a metro car in London? No, it's a subway car in New York okay. for the All Star game. It says, welcome to NBA All-Star 2015, and of course, it's not All-Star yet, but I guess they're, oh, they're once people come. Promo, baby. I think it's got to be the, yeah, the, gra- the Grand Central. We're one Central, month away. The Grand Central to Times Square Shuttle. That's it, I think. It looks, I, yeah, that that's it, yep. I mean, that's, what, that's usually the, where they put the promotional cars. But yeah, I mean, that's uh, that's awesome that Mellow's on a, on uh, the subway. On a subway. I guess my question to you is, you know, if we're going to, it's hard to sum up a 5-36 and 36 team. So... The debate I've been having with myself and anyone I can talk to is, will the Knicks win another game this season, Kenny? Yes. I don't know how many. Um, look, this is this is a, a, a you look down a schedule, right? And they are now a good two, three and a half behind Philadelphia. Yeah, we're not in. Well, they're on pace to lose seventy-two games right now. That would tie the record. Nine and seventy-two yeah. is the record for worst, least amount of wins in a full season. Obviously, the Bobcats had what I believe was six wins in the shortened season a few years ago. But if the Knicks go on and win, I guess that would be nine and seventy-two, or no, ten and seventy-two. 
That would be that would be like a fifty percent winning percentage if that. Kenny, how's it feel to cover a team that doesn't win fifteen percent of its games? You know, I've been actually I've been asked this by a lot of people, and it, it's it, it, last year the team at least had some ups. The team was right on the verge of the playoffs, right? And they had J.R. Smith and Mike Woodson uh, had no idea what he was doing. And does Derek Fisher? That's an interesting question that I will get to in just a second. Now that Jr. is gone, and uh, you know Mello for for him being out. I mean, when he was out, out he wasn't talking after games. Never I mean, do. I mean, your your post game in my time covering the Knicks in two years, your post game pressers or post game locker room scrums have gone from um go in get Jr. and talk to Shump. And Felton would always, it never stand, stood up, always sat down. I wish more guys would sit but down, always, to be honest. <laughs> Why? I just find it a lot easier to get in there and get the audio. But, but he had. But at first, and also that was after you talked to Woodson, and he would always say something like ridiculous. Um, and, and then you would you would talk to Felton, and he would always like either he he would te- he would always compliment the other team like they just they just beat us tonight like they just did a good job you know and and but they were like they were fu- those types of fun storylines to to kind of follow, and now you go in and it's and you talk to Quincy AC if you're like I mean you don't even talk to him every who's game. the go to guy in the locker room after <laughs> it's, game? without Melo it is uh, I think Tim Hardaway. God, how weird is that, man? I mean, Calderon, like Calderon, is a great guy, but he's not like a great quote. The European guys, they rarely, right. they rarely talk. But that's, but, but that's they're what not it's usually like quotable guys to cover, to cover the team. I mean, it, it's the best quote in that locker room. Actually, surprisingly, is um, Shane Larkin. You would never really? think that, but yeah, he 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 says what he wants. I I learned that in summer league. Like he just he just like went out. He, he yeah, was but it's one to, thing to do it in summer league, and it's another thing to do it. That you know, bro, but come on, but the, he's, all the media is there. He's in his like second year here in the NBA. That's extremely interesting because you look at the Knicks and you watch their games, and I, I was watching them in Washington, and that's when it kind of hit me when I was looking at their lineup. Cole Aldrich, he he kind of is the guy I get excited for in the lineup because I'm over Tim Hardaway, I'm over his chucking ways, I'm over. Pablo, that that ship has sailed. I mean, remember when people were pining for Pablo to play more? Gosh, yeah. What, what does he do now that he plays all the time? I actually had I actually had a story I was going to write on Pablo's like importance to a young team, and then he started not playing well. So, and and I don't know, but I, I guess like there's not a lot to say about the Knicks right now, except for um, I, I wanted to ask Julia you Okafor? about Well, Okafor. I want to ask you about like Amari. Um, they want they want him back. Right, they they right they they said they're gonna look at at getting him at a discounted rate, um, and try to trade Bargnani, but you're not gonna trade Bargnani. No one's gonna take Bargnani. But I'll say this for Amari though, if there's any guy that's kind of taken this in stride and done what's needed for the team, I feel like he's been one of those guys. Has he, or is that just oh, kind yeah. of my outsider take? He seems like he's a really he is a team guy, and while it it really does suck to see a guy nice. like. He's as, been awesome. As good as Amari was, like remember how good he was when he played with Steve Nash, and that he was just another level good. They're not going to trade him. I was talking to someone on Twitter about this, like, or maybe I just tweeted this in general. That you look at that locker room now after the trade of Jr. and Amon, that's a locker room and, and waving down bear. That's a locker room full of leaders with Calderon, Mello, who says he leads by example, and Amari. 
and I mean they're gonna get Bargnani out of there too, and a bunch of, and a bunch of inexperienced guys. Oh yeah, no doubt they're, they're gonna they're they're gonna wave Bargnani. But the thing is, that's the whole like you have you have a guy like Quincy Acey who's you know inexperienced, Larkin and Early and. Hardaway, and... and then you have guys like Amari is the leader there, and I think that Phil is trying to rebuild that locker room as much as he's trying to rebuild the team, and he's trying to rebuild that that energy and and that I'll attitude. Say, that's a good. I kind of like that strategy. I never really looked at it like that, but it's what it seems. And the first thing you got to do, especially when you're a team that's just so destitute, you got to change the culture. And, and that's the, exactly what he's trying to do. And if if he's successful. Like, yes, it's a slow process. Yes, and the on-court success is the last thing that comes. But at least you could see the blocks being laid. I, th- I don't know if it's enough to satisfy fans. It never will be. But the plan is in the right direction. Well, we've been talking about this. I mean, not we on the podcast because we haven't potted in a while. You know, we just people. But, like, you get you, you have the cap space to get a – Tragic and uh and, and and you know what like Brandon Knight unrestricted maybe he's the point guard of the Knicks next year maybe it's tragic maybe it's um it, it, uh, I'm, I don't know who else it could be actually but maybe it's Calderon uh, that, that's the other yeah, that's not? the other name that's a possibility because he's under contract but I mean the point is that you'll get that you'll you'll have some sort of point guard you get Okafor you get a couple of uh, you know, nice pieces in there um. And free agency. How much but does it, it take to get back in the middle of the East? That's the thing. It, it's not going to take much. That I, I, there's no it, people shouldn't be upset that the Knicks are bad right now. They should be happy because they're going to get a, a a a good talent in the top three. I mean, I'll they're say not going to fall out of there. I'll say this: if you look at it from the other side, you know, are covering the Nets. The Nets are in the worst possible position right. you could be in in the NBA. Yeah, they're probably going to make the playoffs as like a seven or eight seed. They have no chance of making it any further than the second round if they're lucky. They might not even make the playoffs. Like, I mean, the way they're playing now, no chance. But they're going to be right in the race, and that's just that's the worst place to be. You have no chance at a championship, and you have no chance at that top talent, and you're just you're staring into barren nothingness. Right. I want to talk about the Nets actually, but before I do, two things just to to wrap up what I was saying about the Knicks. It's they need to be smart about where they spend, um, and they shouldn't be afraid to save their money till next off season. But they have cap space. They have some young guys who I think can fit nice roles. Like I, I like early. I like Hardaway. I think Hard. I mean, I think Hardaway is a little overrated by fans, but he could oh, he's be, definitely overrated. He's a solid scorer off the bench, and um, and, and it's weird to build around Melo, but I, I just I, it's I think it'll be okay. As for Fisher. Because you mentioned before, you're like, does Fisher know things? Is Fisher competent? Um, you know, I've talked to a lot of Nick guys or writers, and we're not really sure. Like, we, because the 24 second violations at a, at a timeouts, and I did read a stat on Deadspin that the Knicks were actually one of the best teams in terms of scoring out of timeouts. And then you look at I I don't really like I think that's just an isolated way to look at coaching but I see your point go ahead but the the thing is you know and he's not getting the you remember he didn't get the timeout call uh, you know that at, at the end of that one game like what, like a month ago or something and the point is like it doesn't seem like at least at this point he is comfortable being a coach or just making coaches decisions you know what I mean I, I it doesn't it doesn't seem like he's He's ready there, or he's ready yet, and I don't know if he will be there at any point. But I, I like 
Look at Jason Kidd. Well, yeah, that's the thing. He's held up to such a high standard because right. you have Kidd came into a team that was flush with right. talent. But you know, you know, Fisher's and did a coach leader. well. But and then he's you know you look at guys like Kerr who Kerr came into as good a situation as you could ever get, yeah. and he's flourishing. And while it would be nice to see Derek Fisher flourish like that, it's not something that you can expect. Come on, it's just outrageous. Well, with this team, no. But you look at like him as a leader, you know he's a great leader. You know you, you hear the like the, the in the huddle soundtracks, which I, I know that you can't ever put all this stock into that. But I mean. You know it's that, and as a, we, get. we know as a player, he was a phenomenal leader, and you can, you know, but there's the difference between like being a good leader and then being a good coach. You know, no, and, you're a hundred percent right. And like you look at even with the kid that spilled water play. Oh, spilled soda! I was at the game. It was a great time. Think about. Watergate, or I like to call it Watergate. It was SodaGate, but it was, yeah, there I was know, a Watergate in case you're unsure. I know, I know. That's why Marcus I thought, it was, Teague, that's why I thought it was funny because if it was water, it would have been Watergate. It would have been hilarious. But you look at um, the way the mindset that he had when he when he had to do that. I, I just I think that like that's a uh, like the killer instinct. Like this yeah, is what needs like to be done. We're gonna the, do it. Like right, and I, I just think he thinks like a coach. You know what I mean? I, I don't. That that but that's a great example of it because like he's he, I don't know he's he's putting you don't think Fisher would clock soda. management above everything no I I don't think so but like I just like he's creative like that's a creative thing to think of and Fisher um you know Phil came out and said it's not his fault there's no it's I don't not think anyway Fisher's getting fired here but and look and you, he's a young coach relative to coaches I mean he's very very young so you have to give him time to kind of learn how to be a coach but. In this league, I mean, it's it's not it's not something where it's like you know you can wait five years for a guy to kind of develop sure. as a coach. I Agreed. mean, it's you're not a coach in like two three years. You're not a coach. And he looks hesitant. He looks like he's just feeling it out. But I'm with you. Give him some time. He doesn't need to be good yet because the Knicks aren't good yet. Right. So they can grow together. Let's hope that it ends up being something that you know turns the Knicks into a franchise, a, t- a player every year. But I wouldn't be shocked to see the Knicks go away from Fisher if he's not getting it as they start to bring in more talent. You know, the Knicks actually, I, I think that the message for Fisher gets through in the locker room, and we see a bunch of quotes up on the whiteboard in the locker room and, like, on, on you know, stuff that the players get and stuff, and, like, it, it seems like, and even when he what he tells us that he tells the team, I, I, it does seem like he's getting them ready for this journey and they have to work hard now, and it'll pay off next year. Um, and the quote that he used was, um, it, I remember very vividly, one of the first games of the season, it might actually have been the last preseason game, if not opening night, and it was sitting on Clay Anthony Early's chair on a piece of paper, and all the players got, it was yeah. like, you know, whatever, the scouting report. But it said, you know, if you want to go far, or if you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go far, go together. together. And I think that was a great, it's a good quote. It, 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 I mean, it's a great quote. It's but a good you, you think about quote. like that's the Knicks are not trying to get to the playoffs as quick as possible. They're trying to build a dynasty. Like that's what Phil he wants to build a team that's a perennial contender that has a bunch of young talent and that can grow as like this you know Golden State Warriors esque team. So I. I think that it's it's unfair to like expect things now or expect things even next year, but you combine the cap space and the and the if they put the right pieces together in free agency, 
with Carmelo, with maybe a Calderon, with an Amari off the bench, helping some guys grow, helping. I mean, look at what kind of a mentor he could maybe be to a Jalil Okafor. I mean, he could at least show him how to work hard. I mean, that's like a guy. Amari, work, Amari is a guy that you want to model yourself after. Agreed. He says he says questionable things from time to time, like he's elite or whatever. But he has confidence. I mean, that's confidence. He's confident in himself, and he made he has made himself a career. He works his tail off. He's a confident guy, and he, I mean, he's gone. He's worked with Olajuwon on on his post moves. There's, I mean, that's a guy who just does not stop working, and like that's a guy that you want a 19 year old big man to see. Like, wow. Like that, like that's how I get to where I gotta be. Right, you like you kind of take him under your wing. That's why it makes sense that the Knicks want Mario next year. If he's a, like you said, it's all about rebuilding that culture. If he's a guy they feel can be a leader in that locker room, even if he's not a huge on the court contributor, he's worth keeping around. Yeah, I, I, and like I just see too many people say, "Oh, get him out of here." He, you know, it's, it's the easy his, thing to do. It's the easy right, thing to right. do. Right, right. And it look, it, and you're not you're not going to pay stat like nine mil next year, but like I I would throw him like three four. I mean, definitely. And he's not going to. I mean, I think he realizes that he makes a, like way too much money than he you know more money than he should. So I think I agree. Wh- I think he's a I'm team very guy. He'll curious stay. to see like what his contract is wherever he plays next year. Well, we still got a good half season left till yeah. till we find out what these what the next move is for the Knicks. Well, the Nets' next move may be coming up pretty soon. Um, Woj any second now, maybe. Woj tweeted a whole bunch of things today uh, at <laughs> the Nets. At first, um, it was like, okay, they're gonna go, they're gonna move Lopez, Thunder with Jeremy Lamb, Kendrick Perkins are interested, and then all of a sudden, like the Rockets emerged and then like just as we started the show Woj tweeted that uh yeah the Nets are out like they're not trading Lopez and they said that the Nets said there was nothing that they liked I'm wondering why the Rockets would even be interested in Brooke Lopez when you have Dwight Howard well I don't know that we should really you know jump all over that storyline because it, it interested could be as much as what are you asking for him and then, then they say something ridiculous like Dwight Howard, and then the conversation's over. Like right, that would fair. theoretically be an inquiry. So I never really, unless you're as surprised as I am that the Raptors would be part of that discussion. I think the Rockets. We're on, the Rockets, sorry. I think we're on the right path with that. Like you know, it doesn't make sense. It wasn't anything serious. Now whether or not they get rid of him to the Thunder for what looks like Kendrick Perkins and no more Hornets. The Hornets seem to be out of it. No more Lance. Lance coming, not Lance reportedly not ready to come home. That would have been that would have been like that would have made up for it all in New York. Like New York's been so disappointing basketball this year. It's and sad. If Lance came, that would have been oh my goodness. That would have been like having two J.R. Smiths on the Knicks. Like that, like that would he, you think one Lance is worth Lance two J.R.s in Brooklyn, dude? Oh man, that would have been oh that would not ready apparently. I, so he was born ready. The the reports I've I've read from a few people on Twitter, <laughs> he doesn't want to come home yet. Man, Lance. But seriously, do we think Brook Lopez will be moved? Yes. Why? If if people, if if like look at the offer they got, like they got an offer of Lamb and Perkins, which look that's not a great offer, but no. that's something. Like Lamb, Lamb is something, and he's like young, like he's not old, 
He's what, 22? <laughs> That's what young is. <laughs> he's, he's, he's 22 right now? I, I'm pretty sure. He's, he's very young. He came into the league young, so even though he's been around a little bit, he's not, like, older. Yeah, but th- that's the point. He's 22, okay? He, and he's a talent. That's the same thing with Austin Rivers, which, by the way, I don't hate that trade. I- I'm a believer that sometimes a better, especially with a guy who's 22 years old, a better f- like a better system or fit, or at least just a better a- atmosphere, like being with. Well, I mean, be- being with his dad would help. Right, exactly. It's a small deal, and like, who knows? You know, I mean, like, who he's going to be the happen? second and third point guard on that team. Like, right. it's whatever. It, I hope he flirts. I hope he blossoms. But well, I mean, well, you, right? You want to see the be, top be, ten best, pick. Ca- best case scenario? You know, he's he's a great backup point guard for the Clippers, right. who could use one. Right. They're, like he's running a two point two point guard system on the second team. Like you know, and whatever, uh, with Jamal Crawford or something like that. But it, it, that's besides the point. The point is, Jeremy Lamb is 22. If you can get someone young who has some sort of potential, you do it. Like, the Nets have no... Mason Plumley is the only future the Nets have right now. We, I've said At this least they before. have him because, you know, if your future is to lie in one guy's hands, you're lucky it's a big because... But he's not even like... that. That's not even like a generational type of no, talent. No, he's just that a good like, player. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, I want Mason Plumley to be my franchise guy. I love Mason Plumley. No, me too. But you're right. He's like a B plus. He's not an A plus. Right. Yeah. I. I. I he's. He's a solid big. Like he. He's kind of like Brooke, honestly. Like a, a guy who's like quietly like pretty solid. Like a, a one of the better bigs in the NBA. But like, I think that you need to get a young guy or maybe a pick. I think the Nets probably want picks. They probably want a pick. And like that's a first round pick, and they're probably not going to get it. Well, also the thing is. The Nets don't have any leverage. That's like that was the hang up in the the um the deal the previous deal that the Nets had like what a couple weeks ago. What which with was Sacramento? Right, right. With uh, and by the way, Sacramento now willing to part with Nick Stauskas. Wow. Yeah, I just wonder how much of a failure that that thing is in in Sacramento. Stauskas is uh, you, I lo- you love. Listen, I know I'm, you love Stauskas. I'm a hundred percent biased. I think that guy is a player. I love him. I love everything about him, and the, when he was almost coming to the Nets, I was so hyped. But it's very interesting that they're willing to part with what their eleventh overall pick, tenth overall pick. That, yeah, nuts for like front court help for Boogie. I mean, no, it's not that simple. There's something wrong in Sacramento. I think Vivek, Vivek, Vivek. He, you, I've only watched Dasky play a handful of times, but he doesn't look like he fits on that team. He, no. do, he doesn't just look confident out there, but, you know, that's a different time. What if you put Stauskas on, like, the Grizzlies? Yeah, he would be— Think about that. For, like, just, like, they need—like, just have him just just hit, just banging threes. Yeah, and banging threes, and then just when you think he's going to bang a three, he would drive, and he would be—it would yeah. be great. But who wouldn't fit on the Grizzlies? Like, you would fit on yeah, the Grizzlies. it's true. I think that—back to the Nets thing. I mean, we, were, we just kind of had that, that neat, necessary tangent about the Kings. That Lopez is not like the, the Nets. That that's their one thing is they have no they have no leverage, and I think that with Lopez they have a little bit of leverage. Lopez. And they need to get rid of him. Like there's two years left on his deal. I I think his value only goes down next year. I mean, who knows if he every gets year hurt he again. gets older, he gets hurt and, yeah, too. Yeah, more plays. If his health was not a question every time he stepped in the court or fell down or did something athletic, this trade would be done. But that every, they can't get enough. Or they can't get what they want because no team's willing to right. part. But with you're a- not going to get what you want. You just need to get something and get out of there. Like you're not, you, you like you mentioned before, it's a very 
known fact. The Nets are not getting out of the first round this year. They might not even get to the playoffs. Exactly. You trade anyone who has value right now. I wish it would... I think it just comes down to Billy King and just GMs in general. They need to be able to, you know, answer the bell for every trade they make. Billy King has to be on a hot seat right now. He, he, I imagine he is, but you don't hear any rumblings because, you know, you got an owner who doesn't seem to care much about it. You have... Who might sell? That story gets me hyped up, and I don't like I don't like talking about that at all because if you think Mikhail Prokhorov is anything but a businessman that would sell if he got the right offer, you haven't been watching the, since he's bought the business. He's not some basketball junkie. He's not Steve Ballmer dancing at games. He's a businessman. He just wants to turn a profit. And his franchise is probably worth upwards to almost a billion dollars at this point. He successfully moved the team from New Jersey to Brooklyn. If you ever go out on the streets, you see more Brooklyn Nets gear than you would ever think possible because they're not that popular in arena. So, yes, he wants to make a profit on his his team. Like I, I That story just gets me very upset. But anyway, I think Billy King needs to be able to, you know, answer the bell for his for his uh his moves, but at the end of the day, like you said, why can't he just be like we needed to get something. We need to start going in a direction because the Nets are a ship that's just floating into nothingness. They don't have a direction and trading Brook would for something, anything, young players, picks, prospects would be something. We'll see if they make the deal. That so, team is that team is charred to a crisp right now, in terms of what Prokhorov tried to do trading. I just uh, it, you can't I, argue it. He had to do what he had to do. I mean, the team was sexy. It was it was very. I mean, they needed people to bring to Brooklyn. It just didn't work out. I, I was skeptical at first, but it, I understood. Like you, I understood that that team was. It like, wasn't people like thought a, that was a legit contender. It yeah, everyone did. They yeah. Hit. Uh, they were a cover of Sports Illustrated, Kevin Garnett, Joe Johnson, Darren Williams. Jason Kidd. Jason Kidd. Darren Williams was, like, good for once upon a time. Yeah. Very good. They brought him in with a huge contract, yep. and he was going to go to Dallas. What? Yeah. Well, let's stop reminiscing on that trade, and let's reminisce on the Kevin Love trade. I had an interesting discussion with my roommate last night about the Kevin Love a trade. A very hindsighted discussion, the Kevin Love hubbub right. has been. That's Especially since Wiggins is playing very well. It frustrates me. Here's what you need to know about that trade. Like, someone, I think it was Sean Hyken, we were talking about this at Summer League. If, he said this, if you don't want to trade Wiggins, he's going to have to be a top 10 guy. Like, he has to be a top 10 NBA talent for you not to trade him for Kevin Love. Because Kevin Love is a known commodity. Kevin Love, at the moment, is 26. He just turned 26. He's all, last year was widely recognized as a as a top top ten player, if not top five in the NBA. Listen, the story stat sheet stuffer. The story of Kevin Love's career is wait till he gets out of Minnesota and see yeah. what he does. Oh my goodness, exactly. But he but like everyone was in love with him. No love with love, and and it was it was a great fit. And he shot the ball and he passes, and no regrets. Right. Here's the thing about the Cavs. They don't care about the future. They don't care. They just traded two picks for Mozgov. They want to win in the next two, three years. Yeah, they have to. This they is all, to, but. but this is all they care about. Like the next four years, we'll say. And it's worth mortgaging your future 
for these titles. But they, but you're not even mortgaging your future that much because Love's 26. It's not like you're bringing in a 29-year-old. Well, can't really go anywhere for the time being. But Wiggins, if you're going to say he was going to be a star, what, are you going to wait four years for him to be a star? Like, when LeBron gonna, doesn't have any more best player in the world seasons you have, left? Right. You had Kevin Love at his near his peak, trending up like to his peak. He's like at 25 years old. And you have Wiggins, who's like four years away from that, that kind of that Kevin Love status where he's like just cracking the top ten of the NBA. You can't you can't um, go in hindsight and say that that wasn't a good trade. That was a great trade. I'm still on board with that trade. And I am. I is am it too. really like? Is it really the end of the world if they're just the five seed? Do you really have? Are you that confident in any team in the East, barring maybe the Wizards? Because I think the Wizards, even though they're not in first, the Hawks are, but. The Wizards seem like far and away the most consistent team, you know, just team I would be afraid of playing. But Chicago is four. In a seven game series. You don't want to. You don't want to see Chicago. No, but would you see? Would you see surprised like, Kevin Durant? <laughs> would you be surprised if you know the Cavs were the six seed and then ripped it to the Eastern Conference Finals? Not at all. Exactly. It's so wide open that their mediocrity is almost irrelevant. Let them figure it out. Forty games in. Remember when we cry, when we were crying about the heat? Remember guys were crying in the locker room? We were all freaking out. Oh, man. They went to the finals that year. They could have won if it weren't for Dirk. Yeah, that was Dirk's year. Dirk's year. And the Mavs were a very good, well-rounded team, and the Heat weren't. They were a very top-heavy, top not-playing-completely-together-yet team. And that's what the Cavs are right now. Not to mention, having you know JR, if he ever figures it out, well, Shumpert, too. I mean, if he can stay healthy, that's the story of his career so far. If he can just stay healthy. I'm not really concerned about the Cavs. Now, I did pick them to make the title game and lose to the Spurs on this podcast. Maybe on our last podcast so I long still ago. The, I still have the Clippers. So long right. ago. The Clippers. Are my, <laughs> I should be just as concerned. The Clippers are 20. Well, they're 26 No, they're 26 and 13. And 13. They just they're just in a stacked West. conference. But I don't think they're going to make the finals, but I still would not be surprised if they did. The Clippers are weird. Like uh, they just need a wing. Like Matt Barnes, he's good, but he's not that guy. I don't know. It's they they don't have that that scoring like so forward, frustrating. Forward they have Chris guy. Paul and Blake Griffin. Like get it done. And, and Jamal Crawford on the bench. And DeAndre in the post there. Just get it done, man. They're not not getting it done. So let's let's relax. They're twenty six and thirteen. Yeah, but like twenty six to thirteen buys I'm you the third to, seed in the East. I want to. I'm saying like. They should have been in at least the conference finals or conference semis last year. What they get knocked out in the first round by the Warriors? No, they beat the Warriors. Or the second round. Second round. I was thinking that they were going to win the finals last year. Yeah, or at least you've been get on, there. you've been on that train for a while. I'm just saying, like they, uh, you've been on that train for a while. Look at how dominant the Warriors are. The Blazers are still Clippers there. lost to the uh, the Thunder in six games last year. That's right. That's right. I, I was I was hoping they went a great series against the Warriors. Great series. Yeah, won the last game seven at home. Then they went and they lost. To the remember, remember after that game, when Steph Curry took the mic, and he was like talking to the crowd, and he was like, you know, we love you guys. Like basically said like we love you guys. You know, we're excited for the future. And I remember there was started the dis- there was a discussion started on Twitter, and and I was thinking it in my head. It was like. But this team's not going to be the same next year. Like they're going to trade away David Lee, and 
who knows if Harrison Barnes is going to be the same guy. And new coach. New coach. I mean, there's they're, they're still DRE, man. They are. Still Dre. I don't know. I think we need to talk about the Hawks for set before we get out. Hawks. Can you imagine if Melo went to the Hawks? Imagine if any Max guy went to the Hawks. I was I was listening to Zach Lowe and Lang Whitaker. Well, they basically your buddy Lang. Oh, Lang's the Lang is the man on on the Hawks the post. The Hawks basically did bring in a max player in the addition of Horford. Yeah, that's the thing. They were average to good last year, but then they got their best player back. But, but they were like low key in on Melo. Like they wanted Melo, and and no one. I mean, that was what Zach and Lang were talking about. And no one ever wants to give them a shot. No. No one wants to Nobody give the does. Hawks a shot. Do you? No. No. Do you trust them? No. It, they're thirty one and eight right now. If they right now they'd be playing the Nets in the playoffs, and I would one hundred percent think the Net, the Hawks would dominate that series, but I wouldn't feel confident about it. Not yet. It's half a season. We've seen a lot of good teams get off to good starts and not be as good as thirty one and eight. Everyone everyone's shooting. Jeff Teague's playing awesome. Jeff Teague is that he's I mean I'm a He's elite. Millsap. He's, I'm a believer. Oh, did you say elite? He's elite at this point. You think he's, I, you he's think you could say that and I wasn't going to catch that? I, that's why I kind of like muffled it. <laughs> elite. He's, he's elite. He's elite. elite. No, but really, Jeff Teague is playing out of his mind. He is. And FanDuel superstar for me. Yeah, you and your FanDuel. We're not even allowed to talk about that probably. People love FanDuel. You need to give them what they want. You do need to give them what they want. But he's... I I mean I don't know it it just that team is just the chemistry is so high and that's kind of what you feel about the Warriors you know like it and it that, really is and that gives you confidence too like just for a sec about the Knicks like that's the type of thing like that's a team just full of shooters and like one great big I mean I get I I mean and I guess if you just turned Melo into one of those kind of outside guys. And I, I and you know the floor opens up for Melo. I just I don't know. I just like you don't need a bunch of great players. I mean, and it's what the same happens with the Warriors and the Hawks and the, what happens when the chemistry is high is then you get production out of guys like the Bazed God Ken Bazemore. You get production out of Dennis Schroeder. Yeah, and when it's all clicking, those guys play well, and then when those guys play, it's just like a rolling right. down a hill. It's a snowball right. effect, right? And that's like that's. People, smart people like Phil Jackson realize that that's the type of chemistry. That's the type of, of, of atmosphere you need, you need to build. Exactly. So, the Hawks though, ten in a row. They're for real. Swipe uh, uh, Tinder night. Swipe right for Tinder night. Swipe right for Tinder night. When is that? Did it happen? It, it happened. Yeah. Couple, it was what like, was that promotion? I I didn't catch it was that. T- one. It was Tinder night. You didn't catch that? No. I'm they not made, an ATL. They made T-shirts. That was the there was swipe left patrol. So they are people like going around the game who worked for the Hawks or whatever can say you know, whatever it was, and it was they just had these these T-shirts and with the Atlanta Hawks logo and it said "Swipe Left Patrol." So basically, like no one's swiping left, but it was Tinder night. That's funny. The Hawks, while we're at it, just dominate everything that not on the court stuff. Their Twitter feed is the best NBA Twitter feed. If you're not following it, follow it because it is far and away the best. Sixers close second. If we're ranking teams' Twitter accounts, and the Hawks have a lot of you know a lot of I guess I want to say cool followers, you know, a lot of people love Atlanta 
and now that they're succeeding, are hopping on the bandwagon again. And it's really fun to root for Atlanta because I feel like nobody hates them. Like, not even, like, Miami fans. It's like, like Langston Galloway. They are the Langston Galloway. Like, if Langston Galloway became, like, an extremely good player or, dare I say, elite, nobody would get on. Everyone's nah, like, oh, that's no, awesome. Yeah. Langston Galloway. Um, Pellies, six-and-a-half-point favorites against the Sixers tonight you got. Oh, the Pelicans. I got, I'll got. i go with. Don't forget, the Sixers are still tanking just because the Knicks are yeah, doing a better job. Just sure. I'll go with the, I'll go with the Pellies. Um. DC, 10-point favorite over Brooklyn. I'm going to go with Brooklyn to cover. Cover but lose probably? Yeah. I'm going to go with DC. Okay. Brooklyn's skid is bad. You're better, you're better at this than I am. Yeah, but... Historically on this Historically, pod. but it, let's, let's, it's been a while. Uh, Memphis, six-point faves against the Magic. I'm going to go with... Uh, Depot? I'm going to go with Memphis. I'm going to go with Memphis as well. Six points, not that much. Yeah. Pacers are giving one and a half to the Pistons. It opened as the Pacers opened as the favorite. Now the Pistons are the favorite. That's such a tough one to call. I'm, I'm a, it's a pick em basically right now. I'm going to go with the Pistons. I'm going to go with the Pacers. Oh, how can you do that? I think I think the Pistons, you know, they're they're bound to drop one they shouldn't. And the Pacers, you know they're going to come out against their rival. Yeah. I don't know. I, th- I think that should be a low, like one of the better games. But there are good games, as you will hear right now, with Hawks and Raptors. Oh. Can't wait for this Who's one. home there? Um, the Raptors are home. We the North. And the Raptors are a one-point dog. I'm taking the Raptors, man. I'm Team Hawks. They're not stopping. That train is stopping for nobody. Raptor, the Raptors are going to snap this winning streak. The Hawks are going to get so many wins that their Twitter account won't be able to keep putting W's. Oh man, that's true. That's gonna happen. It's gonna just limit. I was thinking limit about that. Out. One day, it's just gonna happen. There's streaks at like ten now. Oh, they, 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 Twitter man, not letting the Hawks be great. Bulls at Celtics. Celtics given five. Easy, easy Bulls to me, right? The well, I assume the Celtics are getting five. Or yeah, they're sorry, they're not it's getting. Okay. Five. No, it's okay. It's, you know, we're not. We're not experts on the uh, <laughs> spreads over here, but my bad. I'm with you. The Celtics have. Just with the rest of the Atlantic Division, Tank City, Bulls. Okay. Thunder getting one and a half um, at home against the Warriors. It's going to be a great game, too. Warriors. Are, I think the Warriors are going to win by that one by 10 plus. Yep. Base God curse. I'm going with the Warriors. Um, Nuggets, Mavs, 830. Mavs are eight and a half point faves. I'm going to go with Nuggets to cover. I love, love me some Nurk- Nurkic. I can't wait to watch it. Really? Yeah. I, I'm a big, I think the Mavs are a great team. I'm a big Nurkic I guy. think the Mavs are brutally underrated. I love, the, I love the Mavs, too. They're brutally underrated, and I think they go into Denver, and they kind of just, you know. Keep... So they're home. Oh, well, then they, they, they host the Nuggets, and they kick them out of their own building. Uh, the American Airlines Center, I believe it is. No, Blazers, Spurs, too. Spurs are the four and a half point favorite. Blazers. I'm gonna go I'm gonna go I'm gonna go Blazers. Um Wolves at Suns. Suns getting fourteen against the Wolves. I I think the Wolves cover. Fourteen? Fourteen's too much. That's especially a with lot. Wiggins. Wiggins is hot. Mo Williams about to drop fifty seven. Baz, Baz too, Baz Muhammad. I got a couple more. Lakers, Jazz. Jazz are seven and a half point faves. Wow, the Lakers played great last night. I got the Lakes. I got the Lakes show, show too. Although Rudy Gobert, you got to be Team Rudy Gobert. The Gobert report. I still, I still want him to fill Stephen Colbert's time slot. Doubt, I don't think the seat's small enough. <laughs> the Heat um, are giving three and a half to the Kings. 
at uh, in Sacramento. Um, I'm gonna go with the I'm gonna go with the Kings here. I think the Kings go win by five. I agree. I think Boogie has a big night. Boogie. I I mean, I think he's just gonna. Sh- he's the best player on the floor. Mm-hmm. So I'm I'm gonna go with that. You just gotta go with the best guy on the floor, I guess. Are we picking the same team? Says no, no. Night? I'm making sure we're not. Cavs at Clips. Another great one. The Clips are getting Clips. Uh, sorry, the Clips are giving eight. Yeah, I, I got the Clips. Cavs didn't play well. They're not. You would think LeBron, like, oh, they would never play bad two nights in a row, but they will. And I got Cleveland. The, the, you're wrong. I'm right. The Clippers are. You know how much I love the Clippers. You do. And I'm going with Cleveland. Austin Rivers is going to have the game of his life. They are not going to let this dysfunction, this social media, bring them down, as David Blatt said. Oh, yeah. Do you know what he means? You know what he means by that? When social media makes it look like there's the dysfunction? What's he mean? He's watched that LeBron pushing him vine like at least seven times. He's like, oh, oh, I, yeah, can't, he's oh like, I can't believe this. That was a great oh, vine. Oh, these damn youngsters on vine. Yeah. David Blatt's not that old. I know. He's like 40 or something. Get out of here. Actually, the Hannibal Burris, when, the, when he asked him, the, he was, I love David. I, I, I mess with David Blatt. David Blatt's fine. They'll be fine. Relax, everybody. 10.30, Cavs at Clippers. Midday next Wednesday, Pick and Pot. Be there.